Did you know that the first matrix was designed to be a perfect human world where none suffered, where everyone would be happy? It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten hours of gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Civilization is the domestication of man. Civilization, the stage of human social and cultural development and organization that is considered most advanced. Process by which a society or place reaches an advanced stage of social and cultural development and organization. Civilization is any complex society characterized by urban development, social stratification, imposed by a cultural elite, symbolic systems of communication, and a perceived separation from and domination over the natural environment. The domestication of both humans and other organisms, specialization of labor, culturally ingrained ideologies of progress and supremacism, monumental architecture, taxation, societal dependence upon farming expansionism. Supremacism is an ideology which holds that a certain class of people is superior to others and that they should dominate, control and subjugate others. You are free to do what you want. You can go where you want, eat what you want, sleep with who you want, perform or watch leisure activities, learn what you want and the list goes on and on. But all of these things are defined by setting type parameters that are dictated by the system of civilization. The best slaves are the ones who believe they are free. Even your concept of freedom is dictated by the system. Consensus keeps the narratives of the system embedded into society and ensures the mass compliance of the herd. Next to consensus, the appeal to authority plays a massive role in shaping reality for the herd, giving away the power of responsibility for defining your own framework for the world we live in is to me one of the most ludicrous things any individual can do, leaving the interpretation of the physical and spiritual to others is tantamount to allowing the domination of your own will and leaves you open to fuckery of the highest order. It is clear that the appeal to authority is conditioned into the human psyche from before and during the indoctrination schooling phase of childhood. There is an old Jesuit saying, 
Give me the child for the first seven years and I will give you the man. That is Ignatius Loyola. Civilization hopes encompasses every hoax and explains all that we see going on in the world today. Welcome to the Civilization Podcast. Here is your host, TNG, with special guest, Salzburg Gold. You were talking about cathode ray tubes and then how that principle connects to how CERN powers radio, basically is generating radioactivity by charging, using really high voltage to charge like plutonium radium because they're really good at storing charge and how that same technology is used in communications and in like phones, TVs, and then how it's all the same top technology from the 1800s. And then I said how a lot of these guys in like the 50s and 60s we're already permit, per, uh, predicting that there'd be like smartphones and really high definition screens in the future. It seemed like they they understood the principle, they had a plan, and it just took time to execute it. That also plays into the education system as well, doesn't it? Yeah, the whole superstructure that's kind of in place, because above everything, you know, we talked about civilization as the domestication of human beings. So these guys are uh, like expert, like psychoanalysts and understanding of human psychology and behavior and really what makes people's tick in order to control them. And with stuff like, you know, television, radio, internet screens, basically, I mentioned earlier, it's like imagine going through your day to day life without looking at a screen or something it's the world the civilized world is really dull it's you know we talked about the architecture how it's basically soulless i mean all the roads are concrete wood steel buildings it's really very soulless it's taking everything away from nature isn't it again it's like a, this is going back to the definition of civilization again it's also like void of i guess like fulfillment because you know when you watch the screen you see drama violence because i i think it's natural for us to uh, want to experience those things and i think with the invention of like high definition screens it it provides like enough artificial gratification that you you you, like keep you know going to work and engaging with the pretty uh, soulless world out there so you've got here, it's saying that a civilization is a symbolic system of communication and a perceived separation from and domination over the natural environment. So but you're saying that all we see is a sterile picture of man's own environment. Man is being separated from the natural environment as in your roads, your the houses, the cities, even the farms themselves, even farmers' fields and things like this, it, it's all built up and conceptualised by man and then put into place. But it's not, it's not nature, is it, at all? It's like nature's, one, it's been separated, but then it's also been covered up, as it were. It's a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah, then we talked about, I guess, the specialization of labor. You know, we talked about jobs and how, you know, basically a short path for your life is grow up, school, college, job, dead. <laughs> and you go through like 15 something years of schooling or more. 
really the majority of it is just indoctrination into a lot of, uh, you know, false ideas, while very little of it actually is about the technical nature of what you're going to be doing. Not only is it fitting in with society, but also basically a big appeal to authority as well. So it's, it's, a, it's training you to respect and appeal to authority in every way while you're at school and the the ideologies or the the information as it were as in your training in any particular field which will you'll ultimately do a job is secondary to that authority or the appeal of authority being ingrained into you yeah would you say that's the case yeah and that's why you see in like elementary you see a lot more disruptive behavior when you're in like an elementary school versus at a college because when you're still young you you're still gonna you're not conditioned yet so you're gonna fight with your teachers and maybe with your students and that's that's why we we see kids having behavioral issues this is like they're basically adjusting like think about if you have a dog and you have to train it it's like yeah you're you have to condition it like to, to respect your authority because you're basically its master and i mean you know dogs like they'll they eventually accept it but i also talked about how it's normal for humans to like shit test one another and that has to also kind of get done away with they have to drill it out of you, don't they? Basically, you know, how do they do that with a dog? With a dog that you give it, you give it a little pat and a, and a little treat when it does the right thing. That's kind of the same thing that's going on here in the education system. I mean, I think we touched on on your podcast. I said about corporal punishment and the way that's been done away with over the last thirty or years or so. So now you've got. You know, you've got the opposite now. You, you don't, you don't have the the punishment so aspect, the actual shouting, hitting, whatever for being bad. What you're getting is you're getting the little little sweet or the little treat for doing good. So well done, Johnny. You know, have a gold star type mentality for for your good work and <laughs> and and for your for your compliance with the system. Have a gold star, which is. Completely, yeah. You know, it's basically it's the same thing as pulling the trousers down and smacking the legs with a cane in reverse, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a, I'd say it's a lot more effective. It's probably more effective. Well, it is because what what is it to me? What it's led to is when you look at the youth of today. I'm putting you aside to this, SJ. But if you look at the youth today, there is or seems to me to be a much bigger respect for the system apparatus and government as opposed to the respect for the parents and other people around. So a child child seems to have less respect for their peers and people around them and has greater, greater respect for authority and will do as they're told. While prior to this, with the corporal punishment why children were seen and not heard but now they're heard all the time and usually given leave to go and sit in their safe space when something upsets them it's a <laughs> it's a, a complete turnaround from how it used to be when I, I was kind of in the transition when i was at school they were kind of transitioning between these two systems so now school now is there's just it's just not remotely anything like the generations that came before myself not not at all not nothing like it and you're right it is the the effective it's so effective it's unbelievable it really is and people are just they're just completely brainwashed aren't they with authority totally uh, yeah probably i think it's the natural course of things is like like we mentioned it's when you're 
when the parents are at work the whole time and the kids are at school the whole time. And then, that I mean, in the days of, like, corporal punishment, TV probably wasn't as big as it is now. But maybe that's why they use corporal punishment. But once, like, the mass media grew, they had better respect for authority. This, the timeline, again, fits in with exactly what you're saying. Because, you know, I, as a as a young lad, you know, I had a TV in the house and, and whatever, right from, pretty much from the off. So from when I, you know, when I was a young boy, I had a, a black and white portable telly. <laughs> when, when it got a bit, maybe at the age of seven, something like this, six or seven, we went from a large family black and white telly to a colour TV. Now, I know in the Amer- in America, in the United States, the, the transition from black and white to colour was a bit earlier than in the United Kingdom. So it was, you know, maybe 10 years or so before. Obviously caught on or was pushed in America first, but it didn't take that long really to, to catch up in the UK as well. But as I say, in that transitionary period of the tellies and then the expansion, because obviously, you know, even in America as well as the UK, we only had like four, what, four, five channels in the first place. There was hardly any, there was, there was not that much programming, was there? No pun intended. But uh, it soon led to the cable revolution. Yeah, just uh, repeat after repeat and channel after channel after channel. And it just exploded, didn't it? And that was before the internet was a thing. So before the night, long, long before the 1990s, did this all explode with cable television. And you can see the timeline, can't you? The way it went and they've arrived now at where they are. And blimey. And since they made the technology and have the funds to build up the infrastructure, they get to have like control over the medium and then with that control of thought and people love the TV. So basically their their message is almost 24-7 being broadcasted all over the world all the time able to influence people yeah and it, so it's a really powerful tool and it goes obviously is going steps further now with things like facebook i'm um, not so much talking about the social side and people talking to each other and whatever on facebook but the if you look at the adverts and the propaganda that's coming from the news and the news side of the tv media that makes its way into facebook is incredible it's just infiltrating completely with it. I just want to add, there's really nothing that's like challenging it. Even here and, you know, several fakery interested websites, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, you're not going to really ever reach a large audience. No, there's no, there's nothing that stands against it at all. And to be honest, I don't, you get all these cries of censorship and whatever on, uh, you know, from YouTubers and whatever else. But the reality is there is no, there is no censorship of people's voices because the, the voices that are talking out about things like this. One, are far, few and far between. And two, they're, they're not being heard by any significant amount of people. And, and even if they were, it would make no difference because the programming's so instilled that um, it would just be dismissed or closed down by the herd themselves. And and you talked about, you know, we talked about in the pre-call, those like bookends. Even if they see it, like they're they're never going to want to go past that bookend. Like media fakery, nobody died, nobody got hurt. Most people, they don't know that exists. They would never even want to get into those realms. Well, most people just could not even begin to conceptualize in their mind that the towers at 9-11 were just brought down in a demolition 
And what you saw on the telly was just made for Teller. Obviously, the place, if there was anybody in the towers at the time, they brought it down. You know, they would have evacuated them out prior to that happening. And that touches on, like, the spiritual, like, awakening or journey. Because it's like, you can't just tell someone that. Because even when you think about yourself, it took a lot of steps to finally get there. So you have to just think about Morpheus and remember... You have to see it for yourself. <laughs> it really does work like that. And once you reach that point, you kind of understand like there's there really is no point for authority. And the less people that reach that in the system, the better. So that, that has to be why you kind of have to be like economically enslaved and like really always have work. Work should never stop. And when you think about like money and technological advancement, all it really does is just like add a lot more stress because now to live, you have to constantly generate and obtain money. And then with technology, everything always is deteriorating. So you have to always, you always have to be working to maintain everything. And it really just never ends, which is perfect. So you never really have time to sit down and think. It's quite scary, isn't it, really? When you look at it as a whole, you just think, well, what is it to actually be here? What, what is the reason? Here, let me, let me connect these dots. Let me connect these dots since I'm going right now. And we, when you look at the Wikipedia page, you see supremacism is a part of civilization, right? And then it's an ideology which holds that a certain class of people is superior to others and that they should dominate, control, and subjugate others and are entitled to do so. That's why the pyramid's on the back of the dollar, and that's why you see the pyramid in Egypt, because that's the the powers that be. That's their symbol, you know what I mean? To be at the top, to be like the chosen people, you have to subjugate everybody else. I totally see this and totally see where you're coming from, but again, is who who are the chosen people? Who are these chosen? Are we talking about the royal bloodlines or are we talking about the billionaires and whatever who've climbed their way up to the top? What, who are we talking about? Who do you think? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. But I think that's something we'll probably you never really have an answer to. I don't think you'll ever see them on TV. I don't. I doubt that actually happens. But no, but this does come back to the system itself because obviously we know you know the talking about the domestication of humans and the system itself is integral to this domestication of humans. So when we're talking about the system, you know, take away the puppet show of a government, but the system that's actually put in place that rules our lives, so taxation, the schooling, every 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 little aspect is the system. So somewhere, somehow, this was put into place by a certain group of people at some point. Now, if that was the royal families per se, what it seems to be to me or seems to have happened is, is that this system was put into place and obviously it's built in built on rather organically as time goes by anyway it's been built up and added to but that's not under any specific control mechanism or, or from from any particular group controlling that so it's almost um, seems to me that that this certain people or class of people who put the system in in the first place have kind of um long died and and left their ancestors with it obviously they're just sitting back milking it now essentially have not got the you know they don't have to do anything to to propagate this system if orwell was to answer that question he would probably give you something lies they use double think which would be to simultaneously tell a lie and believe in it so 
at the same time, they know they're telling you a lie and they believe in it. And through that kind of hex, it, it's able to, you know, hijack it, your conscious and, and unconscious of at the same time. And it kind of just, I don't know, glitches the consciousness and passes through or something. That, that's what he would probably say. A bit. <laughs> But then again, we don't even know what it's like at the top because, you know, eight, like 85% is probably pros. It's really hard to say, isn't it? Especially when you, if you do take notes of things that go on in the media. And we know it's just a scripted show anyway, pretty much the whole lot of it. But then you look and see people like some of the royals are getting tangled in some of these uh, events that are, you know, I, I don't want to be saying things on this podcast. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to take this podcast even in that kind of direction either. But just to say that that you know they get seen to be and and they even put in a, a bad light within the media at uh, multiple times. So the reality to me is, is if if they were really behind all this, that wouldn't happen, would it? I don't don't think they'd really want to be put in a bad light in any respect. They seem like they're stage props, to be honest. Exactly. This is what it what it seems to to me as well. I think it's more of an idea, and this goes back to the authority thing because obviously government. What what is government? What is the the meaning of government and govern? So the origin of the word govern means to steer or rule. That goes back to Latin and Greek. So what's that? Gubermar and Kuberman, and which goes into French governor. So that means, so say to steer or rule, and then meant is essentially is just mind. It means mind. So it's to steer, it's to steer or rule the mind. And that's all it's about. So, you know, government, government as in what you see on the telly is, is just the stage show. And just to add to that, you know, with like Kobe death and the coronavirus, that's, I bet a lot of that's just like trauma-based mind control. Yeah, for sure. It is. It is. There's so much, isn't there? It almost makes me wonder, like, is Kobe Bryant was a prop, like, the whole time? I feel like he, like, it might be a prop. Like, he might have just been some actor on some costume, you know, just doing his, filling his role. It's J.I. would 100% say that that's the case, and that's the case for for pretty much anybody you see on the telly screen, no matter what capacity, whether it's supposed to be a live stream or a flipping live news event or whatever it is, you know, going from a, a movie to a to a news story that i think the whole lot is scripted because with with the fakery in mind now when i when I heard the kobe news i was like it just on my i'm like that just sounds like a psyop and then it just got me thinking and then you see the clips that is kind of predicted you're like man you just kind of take it a step further like could this guy actually just have been like a playoff the whole time like that was kind of like that that character served its purpose and you know that's you know what i mean i do i do i i, I kind of have a bit of a separation though over that you know i, I see that that side of things sometimes is more of a, a sink thing and uh, and almost a bit of an eye opener for for some of the people here to to take note of. I don't don't see that as a you know a pre-programmed. This is we know what's going to happen. It's all been put into motion. And if you see what I'm saying, yeah. What you can see from the after effects though is in the media now is they're you know they're moving the wreckage of the helicopter and stuff like this, and you can quite clearly see from the photographs and whatever that they're putting into the news now is that the you know it's like simple silly mistakes which shouldn't be made is is things like the the colour of the helicopters changed in the wreckage so it was blue in the original live 
feed outside footage and then supposedly move the wreckage to some garage somewhere or whatever, some holding facility or whatever it is, and it's black with a red stripe down it, it's not the same helicopter. So it's, it's pretty much... You can see that it's all a, a big pull-up job anyway, whatever. So, but you know, what, what you take from it, you know, I, I think the best thing to take away from it is just, just ignore it altogether. To me, I just, just think there's just no, there's absolutely no point. There's no benefit to my life even being aware of this Kobe event, to be honest. I just don't, you know, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely meaningless, isn't it? It is. It's just more of like an interest of looking at it in terms of like a science. Like, you know, there's some clever people... On, you know that who are pumping out the agenda on TV that when you know when they put out that Kobe died, I'll never know because I'm not educated in in the way they definitely have been. But you know there is a purpose and an objective that they're trying to reach with that. It, it just speculating like how <laughs> how far do they go with the fakery? I would certainly by now think that it's, it is totally all-encompassing i don't i don't i can't see that much of anything you see is is script is not scripted short of the odd surprise events or it might have even took the scripters by surprise and and they make their way into the news media how many times this year has it been proven so many times that there are companies behind the news people that are companies that 70 percent plus of of the news one news station is being pumped out by the same company it's obvious and that's what I was going to get at that, too. It's like when you think of like the actors, celebrities and musicians, it's like they would probably be something like the outer party, maybe to maybe go there. And then the people that are promoting all like the agenda and orchestrating it. Yeah, that would definitely be something maybe maybe be considered the inner party. And it's kind of funny when you think about like um, you sign a deal with a record label. It's kind of you're like you're signing away your image rights, what your album has to be, what you write about. It's all, it's kind of like selling your soul in a sense. But it is. But it, again, it, why it always comes back to this: the actors and the musicians and that not having the real news in ninety nine point nine percent of the time. It's like they're all just made up characters, just just for for that time period. Even if say pick a, an artist a big artist of today or whoever you want justin bieber or whatever even with this like x's y thing you know this is person is that person and all that it's all scripted anyway it just has to be it's all spit and polish isn't it what is it giving you what are you what are you getting from it what does it show what is it showing you it's uh crazy stuff it really is very clever manipulation techniques Going into was it the Reverend ND and what he what he was saying about signing up for fame. He didn't want to sign up on the dotted line. He, he didn't like what he was seeing or being told that he'd have to do to to take that next step forward. He rubbed shoulders with people like Bill Hicks and and whatever in their early days, and they signed on the dotted line and and got the bit of fame that they wanted. And obviously, with somebody like Bill Hicks, you think, well, what he's done is he's climbed the rungs, yeah, and he's and he's got so far, and then he has to sign on the dotted line to get that superstar status. And the moment he does that, then he, he then he's signing over his character to be then reflect around society as as the system sees fit basically yeah and it's like what's law you know it's this arbitrary thing but that like you know when you sign that dotted line you're actually like put in a bind 
<laughs> which is like a very strange concept to think about, but that's like it actually works like that out there. It's mad, isn't it? To act the actor base reality. It's like you'd have to actually like escape civil like leave civilization if you want to like <laughs> get out of a contract like that. What's even crazier to me is is that all this is done so somebody will sign away on the dotted line and what are they signing away for they're, again they're signing away like everybody else when they're employed so they're signing away their life force their time but really their life force for an allotted period of time for for x amount of money and then we then going back into another aspect of the control system which is the the monetary system itself so they're signing signing away their soul to be part of this be a scripted character furthermore for money that is worthless that again is just part of the control system it's mind-numbing it really is and i think they've even used religion to like you know you want to be a good honest insert religion here You're going to go work hard and do all of that. God said the poor people have to work, the rich people have to help. You know, stuff like stories like that. It's like, damn, that's how pervasive this big brother is. I did say to you, I wanted to just pick up on this farming thing because people keep contacting me and approaching me about, about it being a farm. And even though I've postulated and put it forward that possibly this place is a farm, as in a human farm, and I know that Self and Fly Fisher explored this a couple of times on the Project Monolith podcast. But the reality is I don't, I don't really hold to the definition of a farm. So I don't know if you want to just give uh, your thoughts on a, on the farming of humanity, history. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, this pro- I, th- I think it might be more like a battery type of thing just to keep the infrastructure powered and going because you need people to do... A part of civilization is specialized labor, so you, you're going to always need those type of people. So I think a battery might be more fitting. Mm. Well, the thing with the battery, the thing with the battery is going back to the Matrix example. Is there anything to this thought that, especially from the amount of fear programming that's put into play, is human emotion or human fear itself? I know this is going into the land of the fairies, really, but it, you know, is could that be be something that would be farmed off the human race their own emotion or is it just purely down do you think really just this is just part of the system and just again just another layer of the system where you just put in a subjective in, interpretation onto things because for me the the fear side of the programming that's throughout the media is it, it's so visible to see it really is, you know, you're taught to fear so many things. And I mean, again, I've spoke about this before. In in the past, I was subjective to the fear programming when I was a young boy for nuclear weapons. And we had these little drills and had to climb under the desks when I was in elementary or primary school, as we call it, and things like this. And it, this fear was drummed in. Now, this isn't done today, but what we have today is the fear of the end of the world from climate change. And we've got Greta's army parading around the world and having their protests. And it's all fear-based, you know, fear, 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 this, fear, that. And again, this is why I think the transition was made from the Iron Curtain and, and all this kind of stuff and you might be nuked and we could die anytime tomorrow because of nuclear war. I think it was took that was took away or been slowly been phased out in favour of this climate change agenda because they can then reverse it onto society themselves and say, well, this is your fault. 
well, with the nuclear war, you know, that was their fault, wasn't it? That was the, the government's fault or the, the authorities' fault if, if it ever happened. But now this is, no, this is your fault that this is happening. But there's still the same fears instilled. 12 years, it's always 12 years away, you know, the ice caps are going to melt. <laughs> It made me think about with all that fear they're trying to generate with nuclear bombs and climate change, another aspect of it is like people are like, what can we do about it? And I think that just kind of creates a feeling of helplessness because it's like a lot of grievances, they're not really known how to, people don't really know how to channel it. And they never realize that maybe attacking the system would actually be the best move. So with that fear that they're putting out there and people's inability to know how to react to it just kind of creates a feeling of helplessness and you know further demoralizes people that is pretty certain isn't it that that's aspect of it for sure it's like with it when you think about the the climate change hoax and the way it's propagated throughout the political class clearly they themselves must know that it's been put into place for them for tax generation. So you've got another layer of programming there. And when I'm talking about, I'm talking about local, local councils and, and things like this, I'm not so much talking about like government, you know, Trump level and all this kind of stuff, which is just a complete shit show anyway. Just rolling it back to that fear generation. I think this really is just the, the nature of the system. Then it's not, there's nothing else milking the human race. Or for any other reason. I mean, I guess if it was, I just, uh, I guess it would just be to maintain your position of power. Be like, I guess the main thing. It's definitely not. I don't think it's at this point any material gain. This is where I get a, a little bit. I wouldn't say confused, but a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking, well, what, why the system has been there? I mean, it's been in place as it is today, pretty much the same since I was. A young child things yeah certain aspects have changed throughout the programming and and the, the way the education system has changed and flowered it's clearly on a set path but the system itself has been there all along it, nothing ever changes you know what i mean that the, the i mean the u.s government is in a typical example of this isn't it how many times have we seen the u.s government close down and i'm talking the federal government and life just goes on, doesn't it, for days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks. And the system's still there, chugging along. Seriously, you could actually probably close most governments down around the planet anyway, planet or plane or whatever it is. What? Well, then that makes me think about how many people would be out of jobs. Well, again, you know, would they, they'd just be absorbed back into the system somewhere else anyway, wouldn't they? But you just think, uh, yeah, and obviously it's, it is integral because, the, because of those jobs, because that's what it's all about, is having people to do something. Have, yeah, you have to waste resources on something. It's like all these traffic cameras and everywhere on the streets. It's like, that's, it's like there's so much extra money in the system that has to be spent on, like, fucking helicopters and airplanes, like useless expensive stuff it's like they have to keep inequality somehow you know what i mean that then back to the pyramid <laughs> i know i think even that is a bit of a, a smoke screen to get people to think that there isn't enough money and whatever reality of the how the monetary system works i mean money is created as debt anyway and whether that be at the citizen level so the commercial banks, they creating money as debt from nothing. You then have the central banks then creating money out of nothing and then distributing that to the banks at interest. 
So the reality is, you know, how the money's created, apart from obviously credit cards as well, where, you know, credit cards are simply just generated credit. There's no charging interest again. But the whole thing is that there's never enough, there, there really isn't enough money to, to pay back. If, if they stopped creating the money, then there wouldn't be enough money to pay back what's got to be paid back because there's always, there's never, the interest is never generated, if you see what I'm saying. They only ever generate the initial capital. But, but it's a but. The but is, is that, then they're never going to stop. It's, it does, so there's always enough money to pay for everything because they're always making the flipping loans, which aren't loans. So and and, and that's without all the hocus pocus and argy bargy that goes on with the with the with the markets themselves. At the end of the day, they could spend countless trillions on on whatever they want from from a government, but that's not coming out of your pocket. You know what I mean? That's not coming from your tax. Uh, never believe that. Not one iota. Same as you know, it's like social security. Security payments and benefit payments and things like this. That's not that that's not coming out of the taxation. It never has done and never will do. And I mean it's not even that that it has to be out of taxation. It's just that they could use that money, even if they're just generating that money, you know, out of debt to build an airplane, they're not taking out of your taxes. It's still money that is not really used to uplift people either. Yeah. It's never to the benefit. That's for sure. It's all. It's like it's like the infrastructure, isn't it? Yeah, they'll build a nice shiny bridge here and a, and put a statue in there or whatever. But when you look at the general upkeep and the, and the whole thing, you know, as a whole, I, I haven't been to America. From what I can see, I'm just googling and watching movies and whatever else. The state of the roads and whatever in America is just as bad as it is in the UK. It's just an absolute abysmal. Most places, apart from where you have some shiny examples, it's all run down, run down most of the time and left to fester. But this just comes back to maybe greed as well. Again, that's instilled and programmed into people. It all plays hand in hand, doesn't it? If I wanted a really superb infrastructure and to be able to support the transportation of people and everything else as a to, to what they wanted to they could do it tomorrow but they, they don't so it kind of ties back into supremacism so you know what i mean wealth has to make a distinction oh yeah so i've got a nice helicopter and can get anywhere I'll, and you lot have to take the bus <laughs> on your crappy roads with potholes <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you know we can't all be equal we, you know it's not part of civilization clearly not clearly not ideologies of progress you know how i mentioned <laughs> is money like i said money and tech it's just it, it adds a lot of more work and stress to life so like how much how how is that really progress but it isn't is it it's funny you should say that again because the definitions of civilization or, or similar definitions that, that are thrown in there you have human development advancement progress enlightenment edification culture cultivation refinement and sophistication thrown into this into this civilization but then as you say when you look at the the rest of it the meat of it it's quite the opposite to all those things that i've just stated completely the opposite it's yeah and that's double the principle of double think you know like how how it works how it maintains itself the percentage of shoe production has gone up by 30% and everybody's shoes, but uh, my son hasn't got shoes. And like, you can believe in the lie, it's so it's just like, that's how it just keeps going. There is. It's easy. Strange. Strange stuff, man. I was in a meeting, <laughs> and we're just talking. I just do research because you have to pad your resume. 
she was talking about research into like global warming affecting the soil. And I had to hold back very hard to not crack the biggest smile. <laughs> Cause it's just, you know, these seemingly intelligent people, you know, believe things like global warming and evolution. Oh my God, man. It's crazy out there. It is. You have to bite your tongue all the time, don't you? I, I totally agree with you on that one. It's terrible. Isn't it? <laughs> Always biting the tongue. But it's like, do you suspect people to think like it takes a lot of character to like go out in the world like, damn, dude, everything is like lying to me. The way we can function like that. Like I said, it's a spiritual journey. Like it takes a lot of steps like, you know, to to think up for yourself is like no one like Morpheus said, like no one can. You have to actually do that yourself. It takes a lot of time and persistence. I don't know what was in us, some more earthly spirit or something to like pursue these type of things. It does make me wonder sometimes is to what benefit? Is there a benefit to doing this and knowing this? And maybe that comes back to the farm thing again. Maybe that that is what is being farmed is that thing within the person is maybe the journey continues after you've been here after this. And maybe that's one of the things you, you. Yeah. You know, if you work really hard for 60 hours a day, 60 hours a week, you're going to go to heaven and that's where you're going to be rewarded. <laughs> you know, we're not on heaven. That that comes after. <laughs> oh my God. That blows my mind. And it doesn't matter where you look, does it? Which direction? It's just in your face completely. Totally in your face. I mean, as far as like a journey afterwards. Yeah, I, I agree. There's probably something that comes. I believe they're probably coming after this. Well, you know, this just comes down to it's pretty clear that this place was created one way. There still has to be a reason for it, for all of us. There has to be. There can't be no logic, knows no bounds, does it? There just has to be a reason. It's just like the journey is like there is no authority. Like why most people, like you said, they're so conditioned to accept it. So like there's those certain bookends they can, they can, they're, they've been trained to never go past it. I guess there's something like in us that's like there's pushing, you're willing to more push boundaries and get out of your comfort zone. Oh, I think my comfort zone has been turned inside out, to be honest. I think that's what's happened. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable within within the set parameters anymore. I'm, I'm only comfortable on the outside. That's why it makes me think, Doc, how much did I really... It makes you question how much did you really better your life? You know what I mean? Some people can be happy and, you know, normie, go through the cycles. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it's not enough for me, at least. Again, like we were talking off in the pre-call, it's finding your passion. No matter what you know, finding your passion more than just noticing what's going on and maybe even using that to your advantage if you can. I'm not talking in the detriment of other people, just to advantage yourself as in giving yourself, making yourself as most comfortable as you can while you're here. You should do that. Why shouldn't you? I think, yeah, so like talk about the system and money and everything. I feel like one constructing thing to do would be take your money from like the U.S. and go live overseas because it's like you, your money can, it's worth like 15 times or 20 times more in other countries and you can live a lot easier like that instead of always like working so hard. 
Well, that's it. You're not giving the system, even though no matter where you are, no matter what, feeding the system, aren't you? So even as a, a digital nomad, as it were, you're still, even if you're getting out of paying tax directly and you, what you are doing, you're still having to purchase things. You're still having to purchase food. You're still paying tax and whatever into the system, what wherever you are. So you're never going to get away from that. You still have to use currency, but you can minimize your interaction with it. And you won't have to work. You won't have to work nearly as much. And you can still live an even better lifestyle. Yeah. But the only downside to that is settling down and having a family thing, isn't it? Because of what I would, yeah. what I would say right from the office is that one part of my life that, you know, no matter what I think about anything, one of the best things was even though I've had failed relationships and whatever else, just as everybody else has, the children having children and the joy from having your own children is unmeasurable so again no matter what you think about to send them to school or whatever you think of that and and the fact that you you have the power to guide the child's views and they don't have to just take on board the the systems the systems double think and whatever else so you, that joy of having a child you're not really going to do that by floating around the, from country to country from place to place there's not many people who would do that so it's kind of a balance maybe a, a good thing to do in early life and then finally settling down or again he might not decide to even have children anyway <laughs> I don't know. Given people's different circumstances, it might not definitely to go to a new culture and to basically immerse yourself in it, live in it after, you know, being accustomed to like Western way for your whole life. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult thing. No matter where you go, the system's still there in, in one form or another. It's just, yeah, it'll always be there, but you, it's not going to be as abrasive. You, you'll have a lot more flexibility, freedom. You won't be forced, you know, depending how you do it. I mean, digital nomad or you save a lot of money and then, you know, say like move to Argentina or whatever. You wouldn't really have to work because your money, you, you can do so much with it and the expenses are not nearly as much as say in like the US. Yeah, yeah. It's just being wise from the off, mate. Unfortunately, a lot of us aren't in that position anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. What it is. I definitely, I know. I, I guess just speaking because I'm young and I still have, like, you know, def- you've got it all ahead of you, mate. A whole lot. You, you're, you've got your head on your shoulders. You, you're totally clued up. So the world is your oyster. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not going to tell my plans on the air right now. But yeah, you know, I already have a general idea what I want to do in the next five to ten years. I hope that's going to include uh, carrying on the podcast to its conclusion. Yeah, I definitely want to finish that. On that note, we might as well stop the recording then, mate. Thanks very much for joining me on this call. Yeah, sure thing. Welcome to the civil. <laughs> I'm going to put this in the outtakes. I tell you, go on. Welcome to. <laughs> welcome, 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 welcome to the Civilization Podcast. Salzburg Gold. Comparing humans to farm animals. 
comparing humans to farm animals. Comparing humans to farm animals. Comparing humans to farm animals. Comparing humans to farm animals.